Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Brewers Outlet Day, everybody. Great to have you with us here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks that roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day, and the pickle bar led by the barrels of the dills. Indeed, all together now, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for the holidays now. It's going to be a special holiday season. So many more people getting together this year compared to last year. You want to make sure you're fully stocked because it's time to party on. And not only that, time for gift cards. Brewers Outlet gift cards. Always remember that. Uh, that is, uh, let somebody know how much you care. You know, I mean, you're looking around saying, yeah, i got to find something for X, Y, and Z. Brewers Outlet gift card will take care of everybody. It's all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Best in pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Your trade-in's never been worth more. And the sales staff will work with you on that. And that service department. I don't care whether it's uh, difficult, routine, inspections. They do a great job, full service, at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Fun show coming up today. Tony Knopp will join us, Mark Brennan, Mark Wogenrich. In a few moments, we'll be joined by Sam Charkidi of the Philadelphia Inquirer to talk about the Flyers and the mess they are. Army-Navy is tomorrow, last game of the college football regular season. And the bowl season will start next Friday, a week from today. We'll be doing our bowl picks next Thursday here on the show. A tradition unlike any other. Uh, It's probably a tradition unlike any other because everybody looks around and says, what do we want to do that for? But we do it. We have fun with it. The heck? I always love when people say, I love this. And you know, I've talked about this before. There's too many bowl games. Well, fine. Don't watch. <laughs> what the heck? Stop your complaining. I don't care. You know, I don't watch The Bachelorette because <laughs> so, I don't care. But a whole bunch of you out there do care. And that's fine. I'm glad. Watch every episode of The Bachelorette you want. I don't care. It's fine. Enjoy it. It's entertainment. For me, football's entertainment. That's what, you know, that's how there's too many bowl games. Well, then don't watch. <laughs> I don't care if you watch. But based on the numbers, people do watch. ESPN, the bowl games that they carry, they'll put out the numbers every year. There's usually only one bowl game the entire time that has fewer than one million viewers. Think about that. 
There's only one bowl game every year that has fewer than one million viewers. That's why there's so many bowl games. People do want to watch. And look, you're kicking back in the middle of the week. You're like, uh, you know, like I do. I'll say, you know, I'll watch a quarter of that game. It's fun. All right, we'll talk hockey next. Sam Charkidi, Philadelphia Inquirer. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back. Great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online. At SunburyMotors.com. As big a mess as the Flyers are right now, and they fired Alan Vigneault this week as their head coach. We'll talk to Sam Charkidi of the Philadelphia Inquirer in a moment. They're not quite the hot mess the Arizona Coyotes are. The Coyotes have already lost their lease at Gila River Arena, which is right across the street from where the Cardinals play. Those of you who went out to the Fiesta Bowl uh, four years ago uh, know exactly what I'm talking about in terms of the location of the place. Well, now we're finding out why. They owe the city of Glendale $250,000 in taxes. They owe the state of Arizona $1.25 million in taxes. They have unpaid bills. They have informed the NHL. The NHL hasn't responded. The Coyotes haven't responded. But they are a hot mess. When you're owing $1.25 to $1.5 million in taxes, no wonder they want to throw you out. And by the way, the deadline now is December 20th. After December 20th, the Coyotes still have 28 home games remaining, and the first game they have after this December 20th deadline is with the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, which, of course, is a draw. What a mess. Flyers are a mess, but at least they're a mess only on the ice. Sam Charkini, Philadelphia Inquirer, joins us. Sam, to you and yours, happy holidays. So great to have you with us. Same to you. Same to you, and uh, always good to be with you, Steve. Same here, Sam. All right, so Vinyu gets let go. Not really a surprise. What didn't work with him? Well, you know, he obviously lost, lost the team. I mean, you could see that they just... We're not playing hard for him in the, in the last few games anyway. And and uh, I think the injuries caught up to them a little bit. But, you know, other teams had injuries as well. And, and you know, they, they seem to have a lot more depth. But as far as AV is concerned, uh, the system was not working and, and he didn't have any answers. And uh, I actually thought they would give him this entire week because, as you probably know, they play five games in seven nights. And I thought they would uh, – see how they were doing at that point because that's, that's kind of what uh, Chuck Fletcher alluded to last week you know he, he said he wasn't in panic mode and and uh, you know let's get through this road trip and and uh, but uh, you know the 7-1 lost to Tampa Bay an embarrassing game and an embarrassing performance a listless performance it kind of expedited things and uh, you see where we're at today yeah uh, boy it's hard to lose a team, uh, but uh, losing is a is, is a way to do it, obviously, along the way. But where do they go from here? Because it just feels like a lot of ways the Flyers have been circling a fogged-in airport for a while. Yeah, it's it's you know it's been Groundhog Day. I mean, this is the sixth different coach now in eight years, and 
you know, to me that speaks volumes. It tells you it's, you change coaches and nothing changes, so it tells me that uh, it's another problem. And I think the problem is, you know, wasn't Vino. I think the problem was the personnel they have here. They, I think they've overrated some of their draft picks. And the Pro Groves and St. Himes and Konechny's, uh, you know, are, are pretty good players, but they really haven't taken the next step. And uh, when you're a first-round pick, you have to be more than that. And, uh, you know, they haven't gotten the production from those guys. And, and uh, the draft picks is just one of the problems. Uh, as I said, depth's been a problem. Um, and right now, you know, forget about last night. They, they finally scored more than three goals in a game for the first time in 18 games. But, uh, you know, they just are not playing with confidence, and, and they're not – they're not scoring. I mean, most games are scoring one or two goals, and you're not going to win that way. And the defense has now taken a step back. I mean, that was their identity right. in the first 10, 10 games of the season. They were getting great goaltending from both Carter Hart and Martin Jones, and the defense was solid. But, uh, you know, that has not been the case now in, in the next 10 games. And, and uh, you know, they're they're a hot mess right now. Uh, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. And, uh you know, to me, to me, it's time to rebuild. That, that's that's what I would do. Not not a uh, a half-hearted rebuild like they've done in the past, where they you know try to bring in some young players, but also try to make the playoffs at the same time. Uh, I think if they were honest with the fans and, and do you know take a page out of the Rangers book, uh, you probably recall about three years ago the Rangers sent a, a letter out to the uh, season ticket holders and said, "Hey, we're do, we're starting from scratch." You know, basically, we're we're going to break this down to the core, and we're going to rebuild it. And please be patient with us. And it's worked. And, and yes, they picked up a, some pieces along the way, uh, most notably uh, Panarin. But uh, you know, they they added a lot of young play, uh, players. They added a lot of first and second round draft picks. They rebuilt their farm system. And uh, you know, I think that's the way to go for the Flyers right now as well. I think what they've done is I think they've always been worried about how the fan base would react to a teardown. Do you think the fan base is ready for a teardown? I do. I really do. Just from yeah, you know the I agree. Just from yeah, just from the tweets that I get and and the emails and, and the texts. I, I think people, you know, want some honesty and they want they want this team. You, you know, you're if you're in the middle all the time, you're not going to get the good high draft picks. And you're really not going to have much of a chance to get past one round. They've only gotten past the first round once in uh, in ten years now. So that's that's kind of been the direction of this team. They're they're kind of stuck in the middle, and that's the worst place to be in sports. You know, I, I think if you if you tear it down and, and build it up, people will be patient, and uh, you know it can be enjoyable too to watch the young kids yeah. develop and and. Uh, but uh, you know they even get fortunate; they get a, a number two overall pick, and that didn't even work out. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's been a rough time with with this team. It really has. Uh, yeah, I'd say for over a decade now, or about a decade. Yeah, what they're in right now is what I refer to as the Atlanta Hawks syndrome. The Flyers have been good enough to make the playoffs, not good enough to whatever advance. And you just get caught in that vicious, I'm really going nowhere circle. And I feel like that's where the Flyers have been. They've, they've got Atlanta Hawks disease. Yeah, that, that's a good way to describe it because, 
you know, realistically, even if they, they catch fire and, and get in the playoffs uh, this year, uh, I don't really see them going going far. I mean, and, and the problem right now is a lot of teams, you know, with what St. Louis did three years ago, they were uh, dead last out of 31 yes. teams at that time. And uh, that was in early January, and, and uh, they made a coaching change, and, and uh, it took a while. It took about six weeks before they grasped Craig Berube's system, and uh, you know they they brought up the goalie Bennington. He got uh, he got hot. They went on a roll. They won uh, eleven straight, and the next thing you know, they're not only in the playoffs, but they're, they're <laughs> going all the way and winning their first cup ever. So I think right. a lot of GMs now have that uh, syndrome that you know, hey, if we just get in and our goalie gets hot, but you know that that's just. That was an anomaly. That does not really happen too often, and uh, that might happen every 25 years. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't count on that. To me, wow. you rebuild, and uh, you know, it, it, instead of trying to, you know, catch lightning in a bottle, if you will, and, uh, you know, I, I do it a, a different way and, and yeah. start to rebuild now. The St. Louis Blues were a great story. Well, the reason it was a great story is it hardly ever happens. That's why it's a great story, uh, it, without without a doubt. On the defense, on the defense, you and I have both seen it, Sam, in every sport. There's a section of, the, of, of a team, football, basketball, hockey, whatever, me, really good, hanging in, really good, hanging in, and at some point they need help, and there's and then all of a sudden it, it breaks. And that's because they never got the help. And the offense has not helped this defense at all, and it finally broke. I mean, it's just too much yeah. pressure on them all the time to, to keep getting stops. Yeah, they gave up 50 shots last night uh, in a home game. And, uh, you know, they, they committed five uh, five penalties and gave up three uh, power play goals. And, and, you know, that's not a recipe to win. They, they picked up a guy off waivers today from the uh, Florida Panthers, Kevin Connaughton, uh, who's uh, like a stay-at-home guy, a 31-year-old guy who, you know, is maybe a sixth or seventh defenseman. He's not going to uh, raise the bar for this defense, but they really, they really miss Ryan Ellis. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, he, he was the big acquisition in the off-season, and uh, as you know, he's been hurt, has missed most of the season. They're, they're hopeful that he'll be back uh, before. The end of December, and he would he would certainly solidify things if he could stay healthy. Um, and uh, but as I mentioned before, Ivan Provo uh, it has been a disappointment. I mean, yeah. Provo it seems like needs somebody to stable stabilize his game. He was terrific when Niskanen was here. Had a bad year last year without Niskanen, and has struggled this year without Ellis and. Uh, you know, by this point, you know, Prover has been around a long time. He should be able to anchor a top pairing, and he just hasn't taken that step. And and the same thing, I think, goes with Travis Sanheim, who has no goals in the, what they played 21, 22 games now. And I really thought he was going to be a guy who scored 12, 13, 14 goals a year, a good puck mover. And they just haven't gotten that development from him. And, and uh, as I said before, I think uh, – the lack of uh, development, the lack of star power from some of these number one picks has really hurt them. And and you can throw uh, Nolan Patrick into that too. Of course, 
there were some extenuating circumstances with his injuries, but uh, you know they they really needed him to uh, uh, be a a worthy number two pick, and and that didn't happen either. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a line in the in the movie Mission Impossible Fallout, and this I think goes to the Flyers' offense. Yeah, hope, yeah, hope, hope is not a strategy. Oh, you must be new. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Sam. What a pleasure! Great to have you with us. Uh, let's uh, not be strangers on this. Always great talking with you. Same here, Steve. Happy holidays to you, Sam Charkini, Philadelphia Inquirer. On the mess that, on the ice is the Philadelphia Flyers. Not quite the same mess the Arizona Coyotes are in. Right now, uh, we'll change gears. We will kick it to Mark Brennan from Fight on State and uh, 247 Sports in the next half hour to talk Penn State football, a little Penn State basketball as well. Tony Knopp later, Mark Wogenrich, SI.com later. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf at online at sunburymotors.com. Penn State basketball tomorrow at Michigan State at 2, airtime 1.30. Don't forget Santa tonight from 6 to 7 on Eagle 107 and on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Oh, here we are. December 10th, two weeks from today is Christmas Eve. You want to make sure you're fully stocked. And I think there's going to be more celebrating with friends and family this year than ever before. I just, I just get that feeling. 
yeah, I know we're still dealing with COVID, but people are, I think, wanting to get together now. Two weeks from today is Christmas Eve. Two weeks from today is New Year's. Three weeks from today is New Year's Eve. How about that? So you want to be able to be fully stocked and ready to go for the holidays. You want beer? Plenty of it. Imports, domestics, microbrews, brewers outlet has the best selection of beer anywhere. Some people love wine coolers and lots of water, always water, soft drinks, plenty of snacks, just an avalanche of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day, six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, all together now. Yes, you right there on 11 and 15, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Also, keep in mind, it's that time of the year you're like going, I got to get X, Y, and Z gifts of some sort. A Brewers Outlet gift card will answer everything for you. You'll be able to do one-stop shopping yourself, and not only that, the person that gets it will love it. It's all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Best in pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Your trade-in's never been worth more. A sales staff that will work with you. And a service department that takes care of the difficult of the routine. And they're awesome when it comes to great inspection work, that is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Very pleased to bring in from 247 Sports, Fight on State, Mark Brennan. Mark, happy holidays to you and yours, uh, and then congratulations to you as a dad. You must be awfully proud of the great job your daughter Grace did this year. Snapping so many great shots on the sideline of Penn State football. Outstanding work by Grace this year. I appreciate it, Steve. Uh, as a long-suffering Phillies fan, I would take like a 60-game series. Yeah. But with respect to, but with respect to Grace, uh, our, our primary photographer, Harvey Levine, uh, was out with an injury, but he was still able to help her significantly. And one of the great things is all the pro photographers – uh, really pitched in and helped her. So she did a nice job, but the sense of community, even from from com- from competitors, helping a young person uh, was just really cool and heartening to see. So I thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, that that's great. And it's it is a really close knit fraternity. There's no getting around it. Uh, all right, so uh, let's get to uh, the Penn State news of it. Uh, let's start with the bowl game. Uh, Penn State hasn't been there in 11 years. Uh, what kind of factor do you think maybe that ended up playing in the decision? Yeah, I think that's big. I also think the fact that Penn State's a huge television draw. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You know, I, I don't know if people realize this, but as up and down as this past season was, Penn State was on national ABC telecast six times. That's a program record. I mean, that's telling you something. ABC is not putting Penn State on just because it likes Penn State, right? ABC is putting Penn State on six times because Penn State is generating viewers. Right. And I think when you're the Outback Bowl, what's the key for the Outback Bowl? Number one, to try to get fans there. I think with Arkansas being involved, it'll, that'll, that'll really help. And obviously there are a lot of Penn State alumni in, uh, in Florida, but also generating uh, television viewership. And I know there's other games going on at that time, but, you know, to me, it's another example of 
Penn State almost always gets the best possible bowl available. Right. Almost always. You know, it doesn't happen every single time, but in the vast majority of situations, you know, we're not talking about playoffs. We're talking about when the bowls have to make the decision based on how many fans are going to be there, based on the television viewership. Penn State has the authentics on that, and it has the history to back it up. Right. There's no question about that. And you can just see the numbers, just the pure numbers, that when Penn State's there, they draw. Uh, and that, that makes a big difference. Uh, now the question will be, who will be there? Uh, yeah. No, the vast majority of them will be there. Uh, is this something that we won't probably find out until we get to probably a, a bowl media day or something like that? Yeah, that's my guess. You know, I, I really... I really hope like a J- Jahan Dotson plays just because he's been such a joy to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would understand it if he didn't. Uh, but, you know, the, the guy that I thought handled this uh, type of situation really well was Saquon. Yes, exactly. They, they, they limited what he did, gave Miles Sanders more, more carries, uh, but he still played. He still represented the program and represented the program extremely well at the Fiesta Bowl. And, you know, I would hope that, you know, for some of the better players, if they're trying to make those decisions, maybe they look at how Saquon handled it. And obviously it didn't hurt him at all. Uh, And I think think that worked out really well. So, you know, from my own selfish perspective, seeing a guy like Dotson play one more time I think would be great, but I would also understand it if he decided to, to, to not do it. What do you think about the matchup with Arkansas? I haven't looked into Arkansas enough yet. You know, we're still trying to still trying to look at uh, dealing with hoop stuff and Penn State stuff and the coaching searches and yeah. who's going where and all that and all, all right. that sort of stuff. The transfer portal, uh, all that stuff. But you know what I like is it's two traditional programs. I, I think that was part of what that has never played the matchup as well. That has never yeah, played. I can't believe that. Did you know that? I mean, I'm yes, sure I you did. Know that no, I knew that. No, oh, but no, but, but I did I know that. Looked, I, you know, I figured at some point in the '60s or the '70s, you know, Joe would have played them somewhere. But I, it's amazing that it never happened. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I guess Arkansas hasn't quite been at the at the same level as Penn State for a lot of years. Uh, and I don't mean that as a knock, but I mean, I just, I it, Arkansas hasn't really been to the Outback Bowl, right? I mean, that's, no. these are They've never it's, gone. It's incredible to think, right? So when you think of all the times Penn State's played at Tennessee, uh, uh, you know, in a bowl game, or I mean, it just, to, to me, it kind of blows my mind that they've never played. And I, I really like that aspect of it. You know, I know that it's been, <clears throat> excuse me, on a lot of these trips, it's been fun getting to know the media and the fans from places like Tennessee, from LSU, because they're really good fans. You know, they mm-hmm. really get after it, and I think there's a mutual respect. Uh, and so that part of it I'm looking forward to. I know, uh, you know, our writer down at the, uh, the guy who runs our Arkansas site, uh, it's a tremendous site. He does a great job. I've known him for a while. So I think fans getting to know fans from the respective schools is going to be a big part of this. Uh, now, of course, obviously, Brent Pry is at Virginia Tech. Everybody's waiting to see what happens with Anthony Poindexter. Um, any, yeah. re- any read on the staff right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm anxious to see what they do with the defensive coordinator position because, as you know, 
you know, there are some really good people on this staff. I mean, I love mm-hmm. Terry Smith. I think he's yep. been a great representative. Would love to see him get an opportunity. But I also know that James Franklin has to do his due diligence and, and look outside the program. But the one thing I would say, Steve, is that um, James, what he's done, and I, I'm, I haven't posted it yet because I'm waiting for all this to shake out, but the coaching tree he's developed in eight years has been mind-blowing. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, people can be critical of, of performance in tight games or anything else, but, you know, now you're looking at it's four uh, BCS coaches, head coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it could be five, depending on what happens with Poindexter. I mean, that's unbelievable. I know. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, you look at guys who have gone on to be uh, coordinators as well. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive what he's been able to do. And why I bring that up, not just to praise James Franklin, but I think what he's done is he's made Penn State an attractive place for coaches to go because they know they can use that to help further their careers. Yeah. And let's face it, that's what, as much as people may not like it, as much as people got used to the coaches being around forever, it doesn't happen anymore. It just doesn't. You look at every, the vast majority of, of well-respected coaches, assistant coaches, you go look at their wiki page and see everywhere they've been. And now it's even happening with head coaches. I mean, Lincoln Riley, Kelly. I mean, guys just aren't staying places for a long time. And so to me, it's important as a head coach that uh, the best assistant coaches are able to look and say, okay, well, what has he done? How has he helped prepare coaches to take that next step? And I think that's one of the most underrated parts of James Franklin that I do not think people appreciate is the infrastructure that he's built, the attention to detail, to every little detail. Why is that important? Well, it's important for all the things that that we we were talking about before James Franklin got his extension, but it's also important because the people who work with him realize what it takes. You know, Brent Pry, you think when Brent Pry went and interviewed with Virginia Tech that he wasn't relying heavily, not just on X's and O's. You know, listen, there are a lot of great X's and O's coaches out there. Mm-hmm. But you need guys who are going to be able to tell you what your, the plan is for recruiting, what your vision is for the future of the infrastructure of the team and, and uh, facilities and all of those different things. And you know James Franklin as well as anybody, and you're around him enough to understand the insane, and I mean that in a good way, attention to detail that mm-hmm. that man has. Yep. And that's what that's what people are looking for anymore in coordinators and head coaches, and that's why this has been a good launching pad for people. Right, because they, they, they pick up on that example, and believe me, right. James is always looking around saying, did I miss something? And he'll go through it, and he'll rack his brain until he finds what he may have missed or best practice that he needs to go with, and, that's, and that rubs off on other coaches. Uh, Yeah, and I would argue, Steve, I would argue, Steve, that that sometimes that may be to a fault where he is so invested in every aspect of the program that maybe it's a little bit too much. And that's me speaking. I respect him immensely as a person, as a coach. But I I, I wonder if sometimes if it it wouldn't be better if he could turn his turn his mind off 
and not focus about every single detail. But that's never going to happen because that's the way he's wired. No, let's go back to an answer he gave a year ago. A year ago with COVID, he was so, mm-hmm. uh, and then he finally said, look, I've told the doctors and the trainers, you've right. got to take care of it. I got to coach. So, I mean, so there's a point where he realizes, too, that, hey, wait a minute, I can't be, I can't be too invested. I got to be in that part of it. I've got to rely on, on the professionals to do it. And he did that last year. So that, if everyone remembers the answer he gave on that. Uh, yeah, and that's a great example, sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if I ain't starting, I'm departing. Welcome to the transfer portal. Um, any surprises for, with Penn State so far? No, I'm actually surprised there hasn't been more motion. You know, I, I wonder if there if there aren't some players who are waiting to graduate and that sort of thing, Yeah, uh, which is understandable. And, and people have to realize that the portal, and we've seen it with Penn State players, you know, there are, it, there are many instances where guys are leaving, and it's a win-win for the player and for the and for Penn State to open up scholarships. And that's not a knock on the players. Some players who just aren't going to make an impact at this level are able to go to a different level. Now, I'm not saying that was the case with Will Levis, uh, but uh, uh, Kuntz, the tight end, yep. you know, he was going to have trouble playing a lot. So you yeah. know, he ends up going with Ricky Ronnie and has a really good year. So it's not a, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So I think you might see more action. I think we might see some more action uh, when the the uh, spring semester, if I could spit it out, gets here. Because people, you have to remember that for uh, for these players, if they want to graduate next spring. They can't enter the portal. Graduate from Penn State next spring. They right. can't enter the portal now. Right. I mean, it just wouldn't make sense. So you enroll for the spring, and that's why we see early in the spring semester. And it's not the greatest thing, but it's the way the system is. Right. Once the players enroll for the spring, and Penn State has committed to paying for their tuition, then you see some guys popping into the portal. Is that right? I don't know, but it's the way the system is. And it, don't blame the player. Hate on the system. Don't hate on the player for the way that works. Exactly. So that's the way it is. Exactly. That's exactly right. Don't hate on the player for them looking around saying, okay, this is how it works. i got to make it work for me. Uh, ba- yeah. Yeah, basketball. Uh, obviously, you haven't really had a chance to see Greg Lee. Obviously, I have. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, but just having another capable, bigger body out there, what can it, that mean, do you think, for Penn State? Yeah, you know, I think, and we saw it with uh, Jelani White, right? Yeah. That early in the season, he was an offensive rebounding machine, but now that the, the competition has gotten better, he's so thin. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's not as if Greg Lee is a 240-pounder, but I, I, whatever he weighs, he looks like he's more put together. He's, he's, put, together, and, he's put together, and he, I mean, I'm talking, he's a good rebounder, Mark. He really yeah. is. And that's and so even if, even just having somebody beyond what you just need, it's too much for John Hara. You know, I mean, he's out there in the level that he plays at, the amount of effort that he puts out. He is never going to be able to play much more than thirty minutes. And ideally, you'd like to be able to play him twenty-five. And that's not a knock on him. It's because he's in there, you know being as physical as anybody could possibly be, and you know it's only going to get worse when they get into the grind of the Big Ten schedule. So, yeah, I mean, if if and when he's able to come back, 
And, you know, I'm anxious to see what if and when uh, Scott is able to play. Right. And can he help you a little bit? Because he's not right. the tallest guy, but he's got some he's got some beef to him. Right. And, and, uh, but and, for and, now... And he's a good passer, too, Mark. Very good passer. Yeah. But for now, I mean, my hat goes off to, to Hara, to John, because oh. he is... Yeah. The, 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 the physicality that he's playing with is just unbelievable. And, uh, listen, we know what he's about offensively. But I think he's actually gotten better at finishing around the rim and stuff. Yes. Again, that's going to be more difficult against the bigger opponents. Uh, but you know, when you have him out there basically with four guards a lot of times, uh, that's a challenge. Yet since probably about halftime of the Cornell game, since Jalen Pickett has looked like Jalen Pickett, what does he mean yeah. to what they're doing out there at both ends of the floor? Yeah, and that's, I thought that uh, Micah Shrewsbury made a great point, is that everybody tends to focus in on what he's doing offensively, offensively, but he did a really nice job defensively against Ohio State. And there were some really talented players out there, uh, as you know, uh, for Ohio State. But I think just a level of consistency. And that's what's missing from Sesums recently. I mean, right. you, know, you know, he was really consistent for, through the first five games of the se- four or five games of the season, and now you're not seeing that consistency. And that's where – and listen, I completely get it because I, I think at the end of the day we have to remember that you are still dealing with this mishmash of players <laughs> from all different areas. Yep. And it's kind of amazing that they are where they are at this point. I know people complain, yeah, they should have won more games, but you know, I would argue that this hasn't been the easiest juggling act. And I think uh, when we found out that the sickness, what, what that played – in that UMass game. Yeah. But yeah. And, and with respect to Pickett, having a consistent player out there, it, uh, it just is so important that you know what you're going to get from somebody on both ends of the floor, night in and night out, because Seth Lundy is going to be up and down. We've mm-hmm. seen that. Yeah. Ideally, you'd like him to be more consistent. Uh, Sassums has been up and down. So I think if you can get Pickett to be that one consistent force, and then you hope that one of those other guys in the backcourt is going to be consistent, or you know, uh, the backcourt or even small forward where Lundy's playing. Well, I guess he's actually playing big forward a lot, but you get my point. Uh, They just need a couple guys to be consistent. You can't have just one guy being consistent. Uh, You can't. Mark, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you very much. Yep, no problem. I appreciate it. I'll see you tonight, Steve. Mark Brennan. 247 Sports Fight on State. Joining us on the show, Tony Knopp, next half hour. Final half hour, Mark WogenrichSI.com. Oh, yeah, Santa tonight. Talk to Santa from 6 to 7. Not only on Eagle 107, but News Radio 1070, WKOK. Literally a tradition unlike any other. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. Gift cards available at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Great to have you with us today on this Friday. Tony Knott next half hour, then Mark Wogelrich on News Radio 1070 WKOK.